Get this and get it straight. Crime is a sucker's road. And those who travel it wind up in the gutter of the prison of the grave. There's no other end. But they never learn. From the pen of Raymond Chandler, outstanding author of crime fiction, comes his most famous character in... The Adventures of... M.L. You ass interrogative. Get your finger out, out of my face. face. Get your finger out of my face. Take the first shot, then if you want to count... Get your finger out of my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Elric? Well, since you asked, I actually do want to go right now. Yes, it is the M.L. Elric Soul of Detroit podcast. People have been clamoring this for never, um, but we're giving it to you anyways because that's the way it works. In the city of Detroit, nobody wants to get robbed, nobody wants to get shaken down, nobody wants to get hustled, but it happens every day, and it's a fact of life, and, and we're going to deal with some facts here. So if you want to follow us, we really would appreciate it. You can reach us at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com if you want to send us some suggestions or some mildly uh, passive threats. You can find us online at mlsoulofdetroit.com. Follow us on Twitter at mlsoulofdetroit, and on Facebook also, ML Soul of Detroit. We're trying to keep it simple, not because you're stupid, but because I am. So thanks for joining us. Uh, we want to uh, kind of lay down some rules of the road. I think uh, we don't really want to tell you too much about how life should work. I'm, I'm a big believer in you figuring it out on your own. But, uh, but there are a few things I hope as you listen to this podcast and it evolves that you will never hear us say. And we probably will say it right away. But anyways, the goal is... Don't plan it in my mind, because yes, then it will be there. I know. This is, this is foreshadowing, and uh, it's very dangerous. We're planting this seed. I don't ever want to hear anybody say, I get it. Because when I hear people say, I get it, it usually means they don't get it. Um, I don't want to hear anybody say, got your back, because it's a cliche, and, <laughs> and they usually don't. They usually mean they're, they're bending down behind you to trip you. It's like a chock, chop block. Um, no fill-in-the-blank game. You know, I watched some people on TV not too long ago talking about how they had a really strong sock game because they were wearing oh God. cool socks. So no games. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to hear anybody say I'm not going to lie because that makes me – so what, are you lying every time you don't say that? Come on. A lot of rules, man. We're working on it. It's, it's like the old Drew and Mike. Lots of rules for the call That's true. And, if you, uh, can you say uh, – Mark Fellhauer apologizes. He's good save. With all due respect. Are we allowed to say that? That was on there. Um, <laughs> or having said that, or how about I hear that? <laughs> to be honest, it'd be perfectly honest. That's on there, yeah. What's your takeaway? When did such a thing become a thing? That's no things. Huh. Okay. This is a, this is a, a safe place. What's left? Uh, this space is not left. We do not want to dominate this space. We do not want to make a difference in this space. So you want lots of periods, no transitions, essentially. Yeah. Perfect. That's uh, that's that's uh, our ninth rules. We may not have Sean Windsor, who you just heard on his own, as I thought, because I thought we were going to mix it up a little bit later in the great debate, but already he's contentious. This guy... I do have a question, though. Yeah. Detroit definitely has soul. Do you? Does. I do have a soul. Because I'm not asking it's, if you have a soul. I'm asking if you have soul. I... I uh... You, you know, see the you see the difference. I I do I do it now. You've never heard me play my saxophone. If you heard me play the saxophone, you would say you have no soul. I have no soul. But but see, I was just setting up at Ann Arbor as a nice, accepting place, and here you come strong like that. I don't, you're more of an Ipsy guy. Here you are playing your sax. I went to school at Ipsy. We can stand to practice a little bit. But. That's uh, I think that's from the Bill Clinton uh, uh, deep tracks. But uh, but yeah no I I like to think I have soul I I'm a I'm a complex individual I uh, I gotta have something to sell right I've been doing the media for 25 years I haven't sold the soul yet maybe maybe there isn't one I don't know Do you ever get burnout on uh, busting people like busting public officials Does that ever just wear on you No I love it I love it and when yeah. they get when they get really nasty and when they want to uh, try and back us down or try and intimidate that just i'm like you know you just played the wrong card brother because i i got enough irish blood in me that i live for the feud but not enough scottish blood that i lose every one of them oh boy that was deep (laughs) i just but it feels cousins will be upset about that there's so many stories and you dig so deep that when they don't go anywhere and a lot of your stories have obviously kwame 
yeah. without a doubt. Virgil, um, you, you did Virgil, right? Virgil um, Smith. We did some stuff on him. Actually, I've been exposing Brian Virgil Banks. Smith's problems since before he was elected to the state house back in 2002. But does it ever get frustrating when things don't go anywhere? Um, no, because I, I think, and, and Sean, uh, who worked with me at the Free Press for a long time, I'd like to have you jump in on this, but, but my, my view of what our job is as, as reporters is that we ask questions, we get answers, we share those answers in hopefully a compelling way, and then we let people decide. So if people are watching this and they say, I'm okay with this, uh, my feeling is it's sort of like the fool and his money. If, if you don't mind people ripping you off... That's your business. That's mm-hmm. not my money. Like I said, I got some Scottish blood. In me, I'm holding pretty tight onto that on that wallet. But uh, if you know, if you want to get punked by the people who are supposed to serve you, um, you know, it's your it's your privilege. But to your point, though, about sometimes stories don't go anywhere. I mean, you got to try, right? Oh yeah, you got to pull that thread. And yeah, a few people are. As, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but a few journalists, at least in this area, as, as gifted as. ML or Mike? I, I'm still confused. Or is it Michael? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I thought we worked this out. Your lordship will be acceptable okay. until we know each other a little better. But uh, but no, you know, the thing is, uh, I think, you know, I, obviously I work at Fox 2. I'm a part of the Problem Solvers Unit. I'm the investigative reporter. And, and while problem solving is kind of a, a brand and sort of a hook, um, what I enjoy about doing stories is trying to solve that problem. Who did what? Why did they do it? What does it mean? Is it illegal? Is it improper? Is it going to make a difference? Is it not going to make a difference? Did they keep their word? Did they betray the public trust? And the process of trying to unwind that, for me, it almost gets to a point that when it's time to tell the story, it's almost a disappointment because you've figured it out. You know, mm-hmm. Now it's time to, to figure something else out. It's like, well, now you've figured out, you've got to tell everybody else because that's why we're here. They, they don't send Sean all over the country to cover sporting events so he can have a great seat courtside. They send him because they want him to tell people what happened. They want him to bring some expertise and some insights, and they want him to use his journalistic ability to get behind the story and maybe find out, you know, what people are really thinking, what might happen next, why something happened. Was it, why, was it the reason the coach said? Is it because there's something else going on? And, and that's where I think, you know, as reporters, we bring added value to the proposition is that uh, is we can sometimes get beneath the surface and tell people things they might not otherwise know. Well, you take you can take a complex issue and really break it down because half the stuff I don't even understand what some of that stuff means. But by the end of it, I know somebody did something wrong. And you probably, Sean, have the other problem where everybody's a sports expert and you're oh. fighting both of those <laughs> consumer battles. You're right. A lot of a lot of folks uh, like Mike think they know what they're looking at or <laughs> or listening to or or talking about, I guess. But uh, you know, I, all I know is that I go around the country racking up Marriott points and unlimited chicken finger buffets. Damn. Right, that's uh, I think that's why they really send me. You get an expense account. And you're eating chicken fingers. No, <laughs> no I I'm talking about at the arenas. Yeah, what you the pocket the expense? Have you ever seen sports writers? I have. Um, I mean, you know, I wouldn't want to get on a seesaw with any of them. I barely fit down into this <laughs> studio. No, you, 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 you are a very voluptuous individual. We uh, and and in, we're in the house of Lane, Rubenesque. And everybody, everybody knows Drew's uh, proclivities when it comes to uh, female figures. Mm-hmm. So you, 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 you fit right in at home. In fact, uh, Drew, uh, Drew, we should probably check in with Drew. Yeah. Does he know we're here? I, I know the dogs barked, but I'm wondering is he. Uh, is he going to brook this uh, invasion of the Red Shovel Network? Is that what we are with the Red Shovel Network? It is, yeah. I guess we have decided on that name. Okay. okay. <laughs> it just kind of happened very organically. Well, I'm just thinking Red Shovel. There's got It's got to be deep. You know, it's got to be like Rosebud, right? Where uh, if you know the backstory, it's just like, aha. Hey, spoiler alert. Come on. The movie's only been out for 80 years. Oh. Hello, Red Shovel Network. Oh. Yes, um, uh, could we get, um, uh, you guys want smoothies? I'll take a mango with uh, some acacia berries. And uh, Mark, are you good? I'll talk to catering. The catering department is uh, pretty busy right now, but I know we'll I'm, in a, I'm in a meeting, but I, I know you guys are doing the first show. I just wanted to welcome you to the Red Shovel Network. Oh, you're one busy man. I was, it was hard to get through the secretary to you, too. Well, if we're in a pretty big network meeting, actually. Uh, in fact, I'm going down to the studio. Oh, wait. It's, it's crazy. Talking? There's an echo. Yeah. Uh, yeah is that, uh, <laughs> are we on delay? Can you turn off your radio, please? 
Hey guys, how's it going? Great. Great. Yeah. So uh, we had been led to believe, and this is how we drew Sean down here, that there was some sort of green room with Vittles in. What? Yeah. Uh, well, we, who's our sponsor, Mr. Matt? So. You know, being the head of the network, you might realize that there's more than three microphones. You can go over there if you want. Yeah, Drew is... Unless uh, you want to be way off mic. For, for credit or for blame, Drew made all this possible. And, uh, and also, okay. while you're here, thanks for the, thanks for the uh, push on the charity hockey game. Ah, uh, uh, yes. How'd it go? Uh, the kids won. So you didn't win? That was, wasn't that the rubber match? You know, Weren't you guys I, both even? I think wins and losses are so, uh, so passe. Is this a game you actually a loser. participate? You can't skate, can you? No, but that's why my team always loses. Okay. My goal is to be the worst guy on my team, and uh, I surpassed that the first year. Now we're in the fifth year, and uh, I think we're going to raise... Maybe more than twenty thousand dollars really? this year. So, wow! Yeah. Did uh, Mike Radtai uh, behave himself? <sighs> oh wow! Si- that silence is yet. deafening. So you know, the whole game started because Radtai and I had a little altercation outside the federal courthouse at the end of the. Uh, Are you that ignorant? At the end of the Kilpatrick trial, and then we turned it into an opportunity to help kids because Radtai. Well, he has kind of a big switch that's really easy to to switch to throw. Piece of garbage. I'm- He's got a big heart, and he loves kids. So we started this charity hockey game at Clark Park. This year was our fifth year. Every year I try and get my team better. Uh, Every year Mike does get his team better. Uh, Ringers? One year uh, he was telling me before the game, we need to to make sure this game, these teams are more even. We got to make this fairer. I said, okay, I love that idea. Let's do our best. Well, that year he came up with a guy who used to play in the NHL. I'm like, well, how did that make things fair? <laughs> now, ironically... Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Elric? We won that year. So the next oh. year, he gets rid of one of the goalies, and he brings in some, some hot shit goalie for his team. So then we, we got smoked. And this year I really upgraded my talent, and, uh, and he brought in a kid who plays for Honey Baked, who may oh, yeah. soon be going to college for free. So, What was the final score? Uh, well, I, just the, spill it. How bad did you get the beat? The scoreboard said... How bad did you get beat? said 9-7 to seven at the well, end. That's not bad. 9-7 to seven's okay. Yeah, but they don't put anything up after 9. So. Oh. oh. So oh, I, think it was, I think it was 12-7 to seven with an empty This is a mercy end. rule? No, I think it's just... <laughs> oh, the there's clock. not a second number yeah. on the scoreboard? In our fundraising, we're hoping to get a second digit for that last... <laughs> and someday we're going to get that second digit. And someday we may even need it. But Mike, uh, Mike uh, kind of got bumped uh, early in the game. And depending on who you ask, he got cheap-shotted or he Ooh. was losing his balance. Some piece of garbage? Uh, it was not me, but okay. I was right behind it. And so, you well, answered a piece of garbage? While he was tangling with my guy, <laughs> I got in there to try and break it up. The refs get in there to try and break it up. Mike's trying to rip off this guy's head and shit down the hole. And just as things are kind <laughs> of mellow, well, you know. You piece of garbage. I just picture him walking around all day looking at things going, you piece of garbage. Just really mad at everything. Yeah, no, it's... it's Car won't start. You piece of garbage. Hate and love. You know, hate Bit of a hothead. Just like... Can be. Just like do the right thing with the... Are you that ignorant? He's passionate. But so we, we kind of got everybody separated. Then one of his buddies came in and wanted to reignite it, so we got over that. But then late in the game, one of his guys, who I actually love, this guy is a prince 23 hours out of the, out of the day. The one hour he's on a rink, he goes psychopath. It's his outlet. But yeah, it's, and, and unfortunately, the way he expresses his anger is by putting his fist in our faces. But he got into it, and he got tossed, and, and Mike got upset about that. But Mike raised a ton of money this year. He is a tremendous fundraiser. And he has since become a board member at Clark Park. So he doesn't just do the hockey game. He's really involved with the charity and the cause. So it was uh, difficult for our ego, but, uh, but it was good for the kids. And, uh, and we appreciate the Drew and Mike podcast helping us get the word out. It did generate some donations to patronists. Sweet. So that was great. So we've, we've cleared our on, online fundraising. People like Matt Riley have been generous supporters every year outside of our online fundraising. So it's uh, you know, a g- good cause. And... Uh, and while my team usually gets its ears pinned back, it was a uh, it was a good time. So uh, we'll do it again next year. How's the podcast going? Um, you know, 
20 minutes in, it seems like you haven't thrown us out. So I'm assuming it's okay. But you haven't heard all of it yet. So maybe I'm maybe I'm being presumptuous. I think uh, we'll give it a chance. Okay. I think we'll yeah. let it go. It'll grow. For a couple of weeks. We'll find our way. See what happens. Yeah, it's going to it's going to do well. Trust me. It'll okay. do well. Well, I Just, appreciate uh, that. If you got some chemistry down here, it'll work. Yeah, and um and I think uh I lots think of eyes on it. Fox is is uh, excited to be a part of it too. So hopefully we'll get some of that thing that every newspaper executive talks about that doesn't really seem to understand which is synergy. So how many times you heard somebody say we're going to get synergy with something and nothing really changes but they lay off a couple of I actually haven't heard synergy in a while. They're on to new, new words. I don't even know what they are. Okay. okay. It's not even called a newspaper anymore. The word's stuck at Fox 2, apparently. Yeah. Because well, I haven't heard it lately either. Yeah. I, I'm wondering. Or maybe it's just Mike. Well, or ML, sorry. Before I left, Who's Mike. Before I left the newspaper. Michael, we, we sorry. Called it. I, I thought we had agreed on your lawyer. Or is it Mikey? But, uh, or the exalted one. Whatever. You get your choice what you can call me, but it has to be something grandiose. Piece of garbage? <laughs> Anyway, you know, back to 2004, kind of that's Synergy. That's a very popular one. People walk up to me and say, piece of garbage. And I'm hoping they heard that on the radio, I, not just from our personal yeah. uh, You two had comments. Synergy. Can we, we say that? We did. Yes. If you're going to keep using a word from 2004, go oh, ahead. Yeah. I love say? corporate buzzwords. I think my new favorite one is, uh, it's the algorithm. Nobody knows what an algorithm is or what it does, but whenever a uh, company gets in trouble, especially digital companies, <laughs> it's the algorithm. I will adjust it. We don't know if they ever do. How about big data? Great band, but what does it mean? People are like, well, we, we, got, we need somebody. And I, I, I spend time at Michigan State. I'm on the alumni board of the Communication Arts and Sciences. Whoa. Ooh. When do you have the time? No wonder it took us eight months to launch this. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> and they're always talking about big data. And I sit in the meetings and I say, I really hope that doesn't mean anything because I have no comprehension of it. And if it turns out it's the key to our future, I'm, it's like if you had to know chemistry yeah. or trigonometry to be successful – I would be picking up cans right now. Not that I don't occasionally, but I mean, it would be, it wouldn't be a hobby. It would be, you know, a vocation. So I, I don't know. Big I don't day. know what you mean by that. Big rivalry this weekend, Saturday, Sean, you're going to be Sunday. There. No Sunday, Sunday. You're right. Sunday. I mean, Super traction action. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. Sunday afternoon. So I understand the that, that uh, they'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. I'm amazed how easy oh. Chrysler Center just rolls off your tongue now. Like I still have trouble calling it the Chrysler Center. Oh, well, I when you're when you're forced to write something, right? Yeah, that's true. Over and over and over and over, you kind of. Well, I love even how, even me. You kind of get used to it. I love how what held Michigan basketball back for all those years was the Chrysler Center. But once John Beeline's there, all of a sudden the Chrysler Center is okay. Maybe it wasn't the building. Maybe it was. Well, it wasn't the Chrysler Center when he got there, right? It was still Chrysler Arena, and Chrysler it was Arena. dark. And uh, when Michigan State came to town, it was mostly it was green. Yeah, right. It was awful. You remember? I love that. It's been a while since we had any. Luck you remember there. how dark it was though? Yeah, it, it was. To- it's totally in a cave transformed and, now. Yeah. They, yeah. they actually put students down near the court now, like most basketball schools. Now, see, I would think, and, it would and Michigan hurt, is a basketball school, as you like to point out. That would hurt Michigan because the students and the, and the fans are usually the ones where it's like we're down by Michigan will beat everybody. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. They're down by two points. Our team sucks. The coach fired a coach. Get rid of all these other guys. High standards. Our academics. Yeah. High standards, man. Yeah. Well, state the state have a chance in this game. They got two guys out. Oh, well, one of those guys has been out for. Yeah, Langford's for, been. Josh Langford's been out for a while. Out. But they, they, they have a chance. have some big guys. That who's that? I mean, who's that big white boy in the middle? Matt. Oh, Teske? John Teske. Teske. Yes, mm-hmm. Teske. Good player. Yes, he's. Uh, of course, state has a chance. But Penn State went into Chrysler Center. Yeah. <laughs> and gave him a game. Minnesota went in and gave him a game. Indiana even hung around a little. But they bit. managed to pull it out at home. At Chrysler, it it just seems like it's going to go the way with foul trouble and who gets into foul troubles. And that's my only. I love Beeline, love him to death. My only gripe is I don't know why everyone has to sit when they get their first foul that early. I don't know why you have to sit with two fouls in the first half. It doesn't make sense to me because I don't even remember the last time anybody fouled out at Michigan. And when they've had trouble this year and losing games, it's because Teske is sitting, Iggy's sitting. Uh, for long stretches, and then you know Austin Davis is in or whomever, and they get eaten up. It's I a it's a risk. Explain that to it's me. It's a risk reward. So, and by the way, most coaches do this. So I this, feel this, like he is more on top of that than other coaches. Well, that's because you watch Michigan more, so it's <laughs> true. So that's and this is how it is for fans, and I understand that. But it's a risk reward. So you're betting that it's going to be a close game, and if you keep your guy in with two fouls and he picks up a third foul thirty seconds later. 
then it's a lot more difficult to manage in the second half. And what you're really trying to protect is it is it a one or two possession game with five, four or five minutes left to go in the game, and you want that player, who's usually one of your best players, right, in the game to help you win. But how many times have they been out, and then the other team just gets this lead that tends to be insurmountable? That does happen sometimes. I feel there, like it there's no question a lot. But they're playing the, they're playing what they feel like are the percentages. I don't know if they're metrics for this. I doubt it. Could be there the could algorithm. Be. Yeah, I'm going to blame it on big data. So what you're saying is you don't have synergy with this school of thinking. <laughs> I, I don't understand it because so many times I see it, it's like, oh, boy, if only that guy was in the game, maybe they wouldn't be able to eat us up inside. Maybe, And it's the only gripe. Maybe it's nitpicking. I, I love the guy. So and They're not doing too badly. I mean, what, yeah, 20 and 3? 7 in the country or yeah. something? High standards. My only problem with the team, other than their Michigan, is that um, – is that if Beeline's going to keep a tight rein on something, how about the barbershop? This is the worst collection of haircuts I've ever seen on a basketball What? Team. What are you talking about? Uh, who's is the dude who's it, got like a Is that how bad it has gotten now where going. you're going to attack the team for their haircuts? Michigan State I thought is you a were barber of, school. <laughs> so I thought you were of the moment. You're, you're not a, I thought you had soul. I thought you were of the moment. You probably didn't right. like the Fab Five socks either. I got soul coming out my hole, brother. Let me tell you, I or got the, so much soul. I'm thinking of putting some on eBay. God, Mister, get off my lawn! I had no idea. I thought you were a little bit more with it. Can we say with it? I know that probably is a you know. Let me date you. Let me review my me. rules. This, this, we may amend it like the Constitution. But can we all agree this is the most anticipated game between Michigan, Michigan State in basketball? In in a while, in a while, in, maybe in a good long while. Maybe Exciting. less anticipated now by Spartans because we're worried without Ward. Are we going to get smoked? Because I think what are we zero and four against Michigan now, or we've lost a the three. last. I think yeah, it's the last three. So I, I thought our last victory against Michigan was actually at Chrysler. No, it was in East Lansing at the oh, Breslin. Did Center. they play in the Big Ten tournament? Breslin, Breslin Student Events Center. Oh, Student Events. Center. I was on student government when we had Wait, is who played in the Big Ten? Did they play in the Big Ten tournament? Oh, I thought you asked if Michigan weird. State played in the Big Michigan Ten. Michigan or Michigan. No. No, I don't think they went head to head. They didn't, okay. Wait, did they play in the Big Ten tournament last yeah. year? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that's in New York. And Michigan won. Michigan did win. I, I saw the second half of that game. I was I at a deli around the corner for the first half. It was. Beeline seems to have. I don't remember any of those. Their number uh, a little bit lately. Those Michigan victories. He's won the last three. He kind of cycles back and forth a little bit. I think Izzo was on a roll with the Valentine teams there. He won maybe three in a row. And, and he used to roll them up. He used to play like SEC football scores on Michigan. He'd get up. Well, that was a long time 100 ago. 100 points if he could. I'd You're talking like, about 15 years ago. I'm outside of about bra- five or six years. Ago, outside of bragging rights, how much do these games really matter? Well, they want they. I think they each want to win a Big Ten championship. So, sure, and that's what's in play here. Although this year, I, I mean, I, I would argue. But they're both going to the with, tournament with Cassius Winston, who is um, Michigan State's point guard. They're running him into point the ground, out. and to me, I would rather be ready for the tournament than play him every minute of the game to win a Big Ten championship. I think that's very short-sighted because I think we're capable of winning the Big Ten championship almost every year, the Big Ten tournament almost every year. And if they gas in the in the NCAA, Sweet 16, blah, 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 tournament of, what is it now, 67,000, and they have 42 playing games, and then we get to the <laughs> 64. You know, I, I want him to be fresh, and there's just no one to spell him. So, so I think with Ward being out, Spartan fans have lowered their expectations and their hopes for this game. I don't think they see it as important as they would have before Ward went out. And a lot of the hopes are focusing on March 9th when uh, maybe he's back. Maybe it's... He, he could be, and your point about Winston isn't a bad one. Oh, there you they, go. they do need to... I mean, out. they do have to find a couple of minutes here and there where he can rest. But again... This is a it's a risk reward kind of thing. If you sit too much, if you say, "All right, well, we're willing to lose this game," confidence matters, momentum matters, especially for a nineteen twenty year olds. I mean, it matters in every sport, but it really does matter in a basketball season. Well, they had the three in a row that they, they did exactly. Out, so. You know, they they lost a tough one at Purdue where they were kind of wiped out, and then it carried over, and they didn't play well against Indiana. And it can it can get out, it can get away from it. Yeah, right. It can get away from you, though. So that's Illinois that's the thing. is better than Penn State. That's all I'll say. In terms of losing to a chump yeah. in the Big Ten, I'd rather lose to Illinois than Penn State. Sure, if that makes you feel better, that's fine. Well, it's, uh, so don't you have a question, though? A, a, a more of a global question about this rivalry? So I, I was thinking we would we'd get into the great debate, which is a feature we want to have every week, where we have somebody of 
pretty powerful intellect, someone who is a giant in their field, someone who, when they walk down the street, men salute and women swoon. That person's not available this week, so we'll have Sean Windsor. And, uh, and we're going to call this the great debate. The topic can be anything. In fact, we'll be happy to get nominations from the crowd. If you have something that you'd like us to talk about, send an email to mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. You can post on our website, mlsoulofdetroit.com, Twitter at mlsoulofdetroit, and on Facebook, mlsoulofdetroit. This week, though, we came up with one, and I think we may surprise people a little bit given our lineage here, but... It's who's the best basketball coach in the state of Michigan. And obviously we have to deal with colleges because the Pistons haven't had a decent coach since Chuck Daly. But, um, or I guess Larry Brown. Larry Brown was Kinda a good coach. Kind of want a NBA championship, but that's okay. Yeah. Skip over that. Hey, Daly had two. Flip Saunders wasn't bad, you know. Flip. Uh, Rick Carlisle. The late Flip but Skip over all that, by all, by all means. The late Flip Saunders. Late Flip Saunders. Rest but, in peace. Uh, I saw him sitting alone at a bar in Birmingham one time. It just seemed kind of like a sad figure. I don't know. Or maybe he's just comfortable with himself, unlike you, and didn't mind sitting alone in a bar having a beer. I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to be bothered. I mean, who knows? And by the way, in this debate, can we preface this by saying or telling our listener or listeners what you have on your your left wrist? What I have on my left wrist? It's a Spartan. Oh, it's a Spartan watch. It's a watch with a Spartan face that looks with a cheap band, and it looks like you probably got it when you (laughs) subscribed to Sports Illustrated a while ago. Because I know you wouldn't pay for a watch. That's a a silicone band. You you want to get your mortgage paid off by the time you were 30. So I don't have to worry about sweat. You know, I'm not like one of these sports writers who's getting a free chicken fingers. I got to make this stuff last. I can't be. I get free chicken fingers once a month. Damn. I know. So the debate is clearly Beeline or. Izzo. Or Izzo. We're not going to throw Mike Davis in there <laughs> or any of any of the other coaches. Yeah. Who's a coach? Greg Campy at Oakland. Oh, oh, Campy, yeah, very good I think coach. He's underrated. I think good Campy coach. says he's the winningest coach in Michigan uh, bas- college why, basketball. Why hasn't he gone elsewhere? That's a that's a good question. I think he likes it there to some degree. He's also got the kind of personality that's. I mean, he he can be who he wants to be at Oakland. It's so not coach behavior, though. It's always about climbing the ladder. Oh, for some guys, you're you're right. It's for fair. maybe for maybe for most guys. Has he not had the offers? He certainly has had. Oh, I'm sure he's had offers. opportunity. Yeah, I'm sure he's had opportunity. But he's a big, big personality, right? Yeah. Well, he's got his um, building the way he wants it now, right? I mean, he does. No, that's a fun atmosphere. Facilities for him. So and they pack it, and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But I I would think that. Once you start making the tournament and you start getting knocked out in the first round, you've got to be thinking, where can I go that I can go deeper? You know, what, what, what was my, you know, like I remember Shaka, was it Shaka Smart who yeah. was at, uh, was it James uh, Madison or uh, VCU? Now he's yeah. in Texas. And he, he, he passed up a lot of opportunities, but eventually, he and he was a younger guy than Campy, but eventually he went to Texas, which is, you know, big program, big expectations. Is Campy maybe afraid of the big expectations? I don't know about that. I just, uh, I just think he he likes where he's at, and some guys are like that. That's right? too simple of an answer. I almost won't accept it. But I, I I understand who wants to keep moving around. Well, just think about it. We're talking about the best I coaches mean, in Michigan. This is set up to talk about Izzo and Beeline, and you rightly bring Campy into the discussion. If you are a coach and you're in athletics, you have some kind of ego. It must hurt to be sort of like, oh yeah, wait, we we almost. Didn't mention Campy, and mm-hmm. he should be part of the discussion. And look at how Beeline has climbed through the ranks. I mean, it's well known where he started and where he went. I mean, what if he stayed at Canisius forever? It just seems or Richmond or Rich. It just seems kind of or Lemoyne, <laughs> kind of opposite of what a coach would do. Actually, I would have stayed at Lemoyne. It's French for the mine. Uh, now you're showing but, off. But look, I mean, look at Izzo for example. I mean, he got to Michigan State, and obviously they'd won a title. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Heathcote was there with Magic, but it wasn't a, a great basketball program. It was a good basketball program. I can't believe I'm listening to this blasphemy. No, but it's but it's true. And he look how long he stayed. I know he's flirted with the NBA a couple of times, but uh, there's part of him that understands he's never going to be able to recruit like Kansas or Kentucky or North Carolina or Duke. Or and there's certain things you have to do, obviously. Then don't. But uh, but you don't have the brand, so. And he's, like I said, he's had a couple chances with the NBA, but he's somebody who's thought, you know, I'm going to stay here yeah. and I'm going to I'm gonna keep after that second championship and I'm going to keep trying to make Michigan State 
a national program, which he has he done has. Oh, yeah. to some degree. And he's going to mess around with the Orlando there's Magic so, there's some, and uh, yeah, there's Cleveland some, Cavaliers. There's something to be said for that. Look at us. You know, we're trying to do this. We're hanging out in a in a basement. I don't even know where we are. Are we even in Michigan? Yeah, uh, you, you, you need to spit out the ball gag next time you come into the basement. It kind of creeps people out. It sends, it sends the wrong message to I the thought, kids. I thought you liked that, but, you know. I think the answer to the question of, that's, of, that's of... That's for the green room. ...of which coach is better is what are you going to base it on? Are you going to base it on national championships? Are you going to base it on tournament championships? Are you going to base it on the success of players in the NBA? Uh, are you going to base it on what they are when they come in and what they are when they leave? Because he's not going to be touched with that. I'm going to make the football argument. I think you base it on what you start with and what you get out of them. And to me, John Beeline, God God forgive me, is the best basketball coach in Michigan right now. He is the Mark D'Antonio of basketball coaches, where he finds the guys he needs, he gets the most out of them, and he takes them far, but not quite all the way. So Izzo, I would not trade Beeline for Izzo, but I think you have to recognize what Beeline has done and say, this is a guy who knows himself, who knows what he can do with with. Wait, talent. if you think he's the better coach, yet you wouldn't trade for him? Yeah, Izzo's that doesn't cool. make any sense. Because Izzo's pretty cool. That's fine, but that doesn't make any sense if you think one is a better coach. I think right now, and I'm, I'm taking a snapshot in time, I think, I think Beeline is the better coach right now. But I think Izzo gets better talent. I think Izzo can take because of what he's built farther. It's a false narrative to say that uh, Beeline gets more out of his guys. Izzo did have more talent last year, but most years he doesn't have two lottery picks. In fact, I don't think he's ever had two lottery picks. Most years he doesn't have a lottery pick. Where did... Um, right? Uh, Where'd Draymond Green go, who's his best player in the last... He was right, a second-round right. pick. Yeah. Mateen and... Um, and the forward who ended up going playing for the Raptors. Oh, um, more, uh, oh Peterson. Morris Peterson. Morris yeah. Peterson. Uh-huh. They weren't lottery picks, right? They were both first rounders, I think, but not lottery picks. Right. He has definitely had some talent over the years for sure. But look at his look at this year's team. Beeline's got more talent. You think so? And even with Ward, yeah, I think Jordan Poole's the best pro pro prospect. Haircuts between aside, between the two teams, man for man, I would take. Resdikas is already on yeah. draft boards. Those two guys alone are better surefire. Now I don't know if they'll make it or not, but. They have more potential as pros than anybody State's got, right? No. Michigan right now has has two two guys for sure, maybe three guys if you include Charles Matthews, and get their own shot. Michigan State has one, and that's Cassius Winston, and even then he needs mm-hmm. he needs a lot of ball screens and so forth. Don't get me wrong. He may be, of the of the ten players out there in any given time, he's probably the best player, college player, but his I, potential is not. I don't know. Did you see that three Hoiberg hit on uh, the I did. Night? Don't get any ideas. He's he's shooting one thousand percent. Don't get any ideas. It doesn't get better than that. Don't get any ideas. You better stop. Look, he's doing that in a five foot six frame, with a fantastic, respectable haircut. Haircuts. There are three acceptable haircuts: high and tight, crew cut, buzz cut. Izzo's had a tough time in the tournament the last three years, and that's that's what's changed just a little bit. So, Meanwhile, so, Michigan's when, gone to the title well, game. Well, Beeline's gone to the title. So how are you saying the one? Because coach four is years ago, he got coach. to the final four with Travis Trice. As their best player, right? Mm-hmm. And their best alliteration. Meanwhile, Michigan got there last year with Mo Wagner was a first round pick. I and mean, I'm just—it's not as neat and tidy. As, look, I—I I, I don't think Beeline's a better coach necessarily. I don't. I think I think Izzo is equally good at what he does. If you're a player right now, who would you play? Who would you want to play for? Depends on what kind of player you are. You're. Um... You're a Cassius Winston, Xavier Simpson. I mean, they're pretty, they were pretty equal. Yeah, and basketball. in the past, the, in some ways, you could argue those players should be at the opposite school, right? Yeah. Simpson's an Izzo kind of guy. In fact, I was talking to Izzo a few weeks ago, or maybe a month ago about this. He he loves him. He loves his tenacity and toughness and whatever cliche we want to use. But, uh, you know. That's, it, a, that's the next real no cliche. Yeah, Beeline loves and recruited, and recruited Winston, right? So, so you're, I'm, you're, you're, that's you coming out of high school. Who would you rather play for? It, again, it just. Dep- I know there's a lot of variables. Yeah, I mean, it depends on your personality and what kind of player you are. I, I think, uh, I mean, people think Beeline's more of a, a teacher. I've been in his practices; they're a little more quiet and it's a little more studious. And and um, and there's there's something uh, to be said for that. On the other hand, Izzo's since he had that group of guys that went back to Lucas and Summers and those guys. What is that? Six seven years ago, he he's had uh, teams that are very connected and a lot of chemistry. In fact, there was some criticism. You probably felt this way, Mike, last year with the team that they were they were almost too nice, too soft, whatever. I always hate saying that about 
kids that play at that level. It's ridiculous. Nobody's soft, but but uh, so I I think a lot of kids gravitate towards that with state, and mm-hmm. then obviously some to to Michigan because of Beeline's uh, expertise offensively, and he gets guys to the pros. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, they don't and not necessarily much. high. They recruited, don't do much highly recruited guys. What's that? They don't do much in the pros, the Michigan kids. But he's taking guys that you don't think are pros at all when they get there. Nick Stauskas comes to mind or whatever. Levert. Yeah, but he just got traded for uh, you know, three times in one day. Look, Karis Lavert was on his way to being a, a borderline all-star player until he got hurt earlier this mm-hmm. year. So he's the one. Tim Hardaway's a solid player. Yeah. Glenn Robinson Jr., isn't he on the Pistons? Yeah. No, I, I get it. But he gets guys. But they still he, got contracts. Exactly. Like Kalen Lucas is on the Pistons, too. So yeah, right. This is <laughs> Lucas was never the same after that Achilles. But we don't want to get into all of that. But in any case, they're, they're both they're both really good at what Stutes, they do. Now he's in charge. You just, we just invited him in here. Now he's taking I'm over. just trying to tell you, when you're wrong like that, you need to be sort of put down. You know, Maybe not like a dog, but you need so to be. So you're saying Izzo. I, I don't. I think they're both. <laughs> you got to pick one, Sean. I can't. I can't do Ugh. it because I, I, I'm around them both too much. I see what they do, and they're both really, really good. Okay, you're really going to really say uh, the guy's in the Hall of Fame who's who's done all this with not nearly as much talent as you think. Michael Jordan's in the Hall of Fame. It's not that good anymore. You know so what I mean? He's terrible with the Wizards. <laughs> Beeline's a better offensive coach. Izzo's a better defensive coach. How about that? Yeah. Beeline had to bring an assistant in to help him coach. True, yeah. And and this is what makes Beeline a great coach. When when Luke Yaklich got there last year, he sat him down in his office and said, teach me how to teach defense. He's in his early 60s. He's been to a national championship game against uh, Louisville, right? And he's bringing this young guy in from Illinois State or East, I can't remember, Southern uh, Illinois. Yeah, Illinois. Southern Illinois, Il- yep. One so, of the, uh, some someplace in Illinois, hadn't nobody knew. He sat him down at his office and said, "Teach me how to teach defense." Think about that. I wish another coach Winter is at that university so might take a page from that. That's his humility. I know Mark has some. The guy across from me has none. But <laughs> I'm, I'm more humiliated. Let, let's end this segment on uh, on a real easy one. As a sports writer, Sean, um, uh, which team would you want to? Cover just in terms of ease of spelling names. You said this guy's name Yuklakalich or something like that, and you got oh Yuklakalich, Brzezdikis, Alsakis, and some other guys out oh there. God. Xavier Simpson uh, changing his the, spelling. The, I love it. The little little Chase boys little coming bitch out is out there in the football team. Speaking of the haircut, the team. Shot, well, we can we can all agree that at least from our perspective, the Breslin, you sit courtside, you can hear the players talking to each other, you can hear a little bit of coaching, at least on one end. I'm just thinking, <laughs> as, as a sports writer, you're up in the rafters. Those names. You know, you got to get those names right on the fly. That's what copy editors are for, man. Not we don't have any left, <laughs> but that's left, yeah. <laughs> I heard copy editors are for filling in, uh, you know, the, the hot dogs. I mean, they're just grinding them up and sticking them in intestines. It's repetition. Guys. You get used to it, even for a poor speller like myself. What's it? What's the coach's name again? Luke Yaklich. Yaklich. Okay, that's not bad. That's you could spell it. Starts, heck of a, heck starts, of a coach. Starts with a Y, right? Yes. Okay, good. I know if it was one of the starts of the... Ends with an itch. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think Beeline's a better coach. You're saying that because you just got the chip on your shoulder with the Sparty thing. You you know... I respect Downtrodden. No, no, no. I respect Beeline. He said you wouldn't trade for him. Tremendously. Exactly. So he's he's full of it. He's saying what... He's not really believing what he's saying. So either. I don't think you are either. It's it's the value proposition. I'm saying that if I I like the way D'Antonio works, I got to like the way Beeline works... Now I feel uncomfortable uh, putting Izzo in the same sentence with uh, Hardballs, but um, or as a friend of mine calls him Hardashian, but um, but yeah, no, I, I I like the way. See, he's saying that as as a knock on Harbaugh, but I think oh, Harbaugh, I can I can say I think it more Harbaugh directly. Harbaugh would Harbaugh appreciate the the Hardashian reference. Oh, I think it? he I think he likes the noise. I think he does. He's backed off of it a lot because it's kind of backfired on him. But I think. He likes doing that. Well, He's so now, constantly trying. Izzo likes attention, too. Izzo is a very, I think, emotive and very... He, he needs that affirmation. Yeah, I don't know if he likes it. I think he needs it. I think but that's... Yeah, the, yeah he, he needs he, it. He, he, I, and he I think that himself. stuff with ESPN killed him last year. I think that stuff that hurt the got team him too. out of his head. It, it did hurt the team, but I think Izzo is a guy who is used to being liked. He's a guy who courts people, and I think to have... The media, in his mind, turn against him was a huge distraction and uh, potentially 
crippling blow to that basketball. And not program. just the media. I mean, he he felt like you know fan, the the fan the fan base. Maybe not yes. just but the the Michigan fan base. And I don't mean University of Michigan. I mean the state of Michigan. Yes. He felt he felt that right. the night before the Syracuse game when they lost, he didn't prep like he normally would. Is his he was in a bit of a fog. Yeah, no, it that's was. That's not the media's fault. No, no, that's not the media's fault at all. I'm just saying that that's just reality. That's life. And frankly, um, and I keep forgetting the the player's name that lived with him as a grad assistant. Is it, um, is it Walton who had the Travis Walton had the fight? And you know he bears a lot of responsibility for acting like he didn't know about any of that. Well, we, I, I, uh, we we certainly don't know how much he knew, but I think this notion of when the when this crisis happened, that he wanted to address it, and he was he tried to speak from the heart, and he immediately people jumped on him. Whereas D'Antonio said, "We didn't do anything wrong. Go f yourself. I'll take two yeah. questions. Bye. And I, was, I don't want to take any questions, but I'll take two. And now I'm done. But and he was he was not defiant, but he was adamant that he was in the right and that was it and it wasn't football season he didn't have to get up in front of the exactly. microphone yeah. could that was huge for six months whereas Izzo, Izzo's got two a week and some of games in New York and national and the games. national media was following I mean I went on the road three or four times last year for regular Big Ten regular season basketball games in Michigan State strictly because of all that mm-hmm. and there were national media where I was at Wisconsin Northwestern uh, Indiana and there were there was national media at every stop and at because some point that. in the future, we're going to have to talk with the national media how they don't seem to really be focusing on some of these other problems at other programs, which is not to excuse anything that happened at Michigan State. There's it's the just, Spartan. It's yeah. just to say that this is something that is endemic in big-time college sports. And when are you going to look at UNC and the crap they get away with? When are you going to look <laughs> yeah. at Duke? When are we going to talk about that? When are you going to get really tough on Urban Meyer? When are you going to do all that other stuff? We, sh- we can't have these sacred cows. I... Having gone to an agricultural college where we do have a meat lab, and find it fair enough that Michigan State gets grilled, but you can't just grill Michigan State and say we've addressed this problem. This is a problem that needs to be addressed throughout college sports, and if you want to focus on East Lansing one year, fair enough. It's a problem. Let's deal with it, but you better start focusing on other problems when you see them instead of acting like your boys who are going to be in the studio with you next year. Walk to the stadium on water, but that's for another topic, and I think we may have gone over time Whoa. on that one. But uh, Urban Meyer, meet me outside after the broadcast. Are you a journalist or you a fan? And by the way, the, the, the issue is the Nasser got conflated, that whole unfortunate uh, – well, unfortunate is not really strong enough. Yeah, but what happened with that got conflated with the, with the football and basketball program, right? right? However, Especially though, outside of the state. However, there is the whole issue of – a coach knowing within the athletic department and how the athletic department dealt with it. Is it unfair how much basketball and football got pulled into it? Yeah, but Hollis, I think those were great questions for him. I don't think he handled any of that well. Yeah, I... Do you have I, complaints uh, from, from, you know, Kelly Clay, the gymnastics, or, um, yeah, the um, gymnastics coach, she Clay knew. Just, she yeah. did. Yeah. There were people in the, in the, they tried the hospital. To, or, or at least in the medical offices that knew, right? But it seemed like he tried to handle it etern- internally, and that's not the way to handle things. And I, I can't believe that people don't ever push it up the chain. It seems yeah. like that's the easiest thing to do. Institutions well, make that mistake often. Now, when, granted, when, football and basketball is going to get the focus because those are the money sports. Yeah. So it is unfair in that regard. But there are problems in the athletic department. I would just say when you hire one of the top attorneys in the country to study whether you have a problem and that attorney does not generate a written report as a reporter that sends my uh, alarm bells off you know yeah and i'm talking about the pat fitzgerald investigation early on i i i can sympathize with mary lou simon saying i run a massive organization i expect people to tell me when there's a problem they put it on my radar and i don't hear from it again i assume there's not a problem I'm I'm willing to believe that, but I'm not willing to believe that you didn't know something was going on when you hire somebody to check if there's something going on, and they don't put frigging pen to yeah. paper. That just does not. That just it doesn't make sense. And if you allowed that to happen, then you should have gotten broomed because you're incompetent. It's either a cover up, or you're not any damn good at your job. Either way, we don't need any more of our tax dollars or my tuition dollars going your way. But but yeah, now, I'm, now I'm off topic. So. But maybe this is a nice transition to Geek of the Week that we just talked about several geeks who probably have enough geekdom to them they could qualify for a decade. But this is a feature I'd like to dive into every week where I guess that's sort of suggested by the of the week suffix, right? But uh, This sounds very nerdy. 
yes, well, geeky, there's a difference. But we're going to walk you through this, folks. Um, Every week, we would like to highlight someone who has somehow come into our radar, who's who's drawn our attention for all the wrong reasons, um, and give them a little public opprobrium, which we think is, is the least they deserve. We'll always take your nominations at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. You can hit us on the website, mlsoulofdetroit.com, Twitter, at mlsoulofdetroit, Facebook, mlsoulofdetroit. And this week, we're casting our eyes to the south to a gentleman who has the very epic, uh, uh, should we say, uh, Faulkner-esque name of Goodlow Sutton, who is the editor and publisher of the Democrat Reporter in Linden, Alabama, who, uh, believe it or not, according to the Washington That's Post... That's a great name. It is a great name. Uh, according to the Washington Post, at one time, he was a contender for the Pulitzer Prize. There's a congressional citation lauding his truly American heroism and dedication to the truth and calling him one of Alabama's finest and most ethical great journalists. Guy. And there are some great papers in Alabama. He was lionized in the New York Times, the People Magazine, or People Magazine, people call it, and American Journalism Review, or AJR, people call it. Now, <laughs> my man, Mr. Sutton, asshat that he is, suggests that the Ku Klux Klan should go to Washington hmm. to clean out. Now, he didn't say drain the swamp, so we'll, we'll let him slide on that. But he says, we need to clean out Washington. It's time for the Ku Klux Klan to ride again. Now, there's no indication that this was said tongue-in-cheek, although that certainly would not be a mitigating factor. The Klan has the uh, same comedic weight as uh, the Holocaust, um, if you're looking for... I think any time you ask the Klan to do something, you're probably going to lose. Yeah. I don't think that's a winning proposition. Uh, tongue-in-cheek, literal, <laughs> figurative, whatever it is, you're not going to win. Yeah, this is this is sort of a, you know... Especially being be from Alabama. Big, there better be a big punchline to save the joke. There's no punchline big enough to save the But he doubled down. Klan. Yes, he's not walking away. He says, this is... This is what I'm, what I stand for. Um, so our geek of the week, Goodlow Sutton. Um, thanks for starting us off with, I would say, an indisputable geek of the week. Uh, really appreciate your efforts there on behalf. Thank of the you First and Amendment. roll tide. Does he own that paper that he wrote the editorial for? He's the editor and publisher, so I. So he, he's he's not going to be in any trouble if he's not the owner. He's not going to fire himself. He's, he's tight with the owner. Yeah, but. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, and I, I will say I, I certainly would fight, not quite to the death, but pretty close, to defend his right to say what he said. Sure. Uh, his right to say what he said, not what he said. And there's a distinction there because I believe when it comes to the First Amendment and freedom of speech, you tolerate the extreme to protect the routine, but this is, this is pushing it Why so Why can't he uh, just uh, parrot during the swamp? Because that's really what he meant. It is what he meant. I guess so, but... Well, I don't uh, want to defend the guy, because once again, you don't vote the Klan well, but, at all. But this kind of goes back to our rules early on, right? For those of you who have been with us the whole time, this whole notion of drain the swamp or clean it out, that kind of comes back to to be honest or to be perfectly honest. When somebody says that, it doesn't ever really seem to mean what they say it means. No, but it works. I guess so. It does. Those phrases work. Make America great again. Those things work. That's why because, you hear it. Well, it worked. Over over. Make America great worked a lot better than it's her time where it's her turn. I, I can't. Or, or how about um, uh, love Trump's hate? Which why would you ever use a slogan that has your competitor's name in it? Yeah, it's it's like Pepsi saying even cokier. Those phrases work. You can they put them do work, hat. but it's partly because you don't really think about them. I don't think folks think about what they actually mean. I mean, because they, they're, they're deep phrases in a way. What this guy is saying is, let's get the other out. And he, Democrats, mm-hmm. anybody that's not white. I mean, that's what, he's, that's what he's talking about. That's what make America great means. Let's go back. But, but, but he did say he wanted to hang everybody. He said, hang them all. Everybody in Washington. So it's not just blacks or whites. It's I, Maybe he could realize that, oh, yeah, that's probably not the best thing to say. But then again, he's in Alabama. But even... Well, not don't everybody get, like don't that. Get, I mean, don't get Sean started. I, I, I lived in Alabama, and not everybody is like that down Alabama. Of course Alabama, not, but is, but, he, is he preaching to a certain choir? Well, yeah, what's his circulation? What did I read? 3,000 or something? So it's a, it's a small community. Yeah, it's like the Detroit I guess it's, it's, a like, yeah, it's a like-minded community, probably. It's probably a homogenous community, more or less. And now, for a complete change of pace, uh, we're going we're gonna to 
I think if you've heard me on, on the Drew and Mike podcast or way back when on the radio, I have a penchant for uh, new wave bands, and I'd like to keep things a little bit uh, diverse, since I guess we all love diversity, um, and, uh, and introduce a feature that I'd like to call Room 7609, in which what I'd like to do is bring out a underappreciated or lost deep track, whatever you want to call it, new wave gem. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about it. This feature is brought to you by a grant from the British Hairdressers Association and the Pirate Shirt, <laughs> the official blouse of the new wave movement. So I, I've invited a special guest and our host of the show, Drew Lane, to join us. Also, someone who appreciates uh, the new wave. I love new wave romantic music. So my Is favorite Duran Duran new wave. That's my first question. Absolutely, they're part of the second wave. They were started out as a new romantic movement band, and then uh, kind of became, I think, one of the standard bearers of new. Wave. They're not quite as edgy as. The Cure or Depeche Mode or The Smiths, but you know, Spandau Ballet, which I would say was very soft at the uh, end, uh, uh, right? Uh, but if you hear early Spandau Ballet, yeah, it's very edgy, very new wave. Um, I like the song, uh, you know, my favorite Duran Duran song is the uh, James Bond theme, oh, yeah, A View to a Kill, oh, great, great song, song but yeah. it's not unappreciated, so yeah, no, but I wasn't a big Duran Duran fan, and it's okay. I just, I, I always thought of Duran Duran as a that glammy MTV band. I didn't think of, when exactly. I think of New Wave, I think of Elvis Costello, the, cla- the punk New Wave. Right. Costello, Clash. So now, so now this, is, this is why I'm starting with Duran Duran. Very blousy, very, a lot of makeup, very glamorous, all handsome guys. The bass player would have been dating models, even if he wasn't in a band. And so I think that they are, in general, underappreciated. But listen to... The virtuosity, the, the the bass lines in this, that thumping bass, man. And and John Taylor, an English kid from Birmingham, it's pronounced Birmingham over there, um, England, is playing slap bass, not in this 
this particular cut, but I mean, just they're great. They're, they're, Didn't he play in Power Station too? He did. Yes. Yeah. No, he's a good Some player. Like it, and the guitar player Andy Taylor played in there too. Those guys could shred. I agree. So, uh, so, anyways, if you have a gem that you uh, you like listening to, but you think no one else appreciates it, we'd love to hear your nominations. ML Soul of Detroit at Gmail dot com. ML Soul of Detroit dot com at ML Soul of Detroit on Twitter. Facebook, it's ML Soul of Detroit. You may have noticed there's sort of a, a consistency there. Your personal phone number, too. Oh, yes, I forgot. It's uh, 313-288-9070. That's 313-288-9070. Uh, the third caller wins a trip to Hawaii, brought to you by a sponsor who we haven't quite lined to up. To be named now. later. That's right. So as soon as we... Rate the show on Facebook and... Uh... Wait, you, did you say Facebook page? I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, rate show on iTunes. Rate it anywhere you can rate it. Yeah, and share Like it, it rate it. Let, let people know. Um, uh, you know, and, and if you have a song you like, or if you have a geek of the week, or if you have a topic you'd like us to tackle, please send it our way. We want to hear from you. We want you to feel that this show is your show, unless you're a complete prick, in which case maybe we'll just clown you. Um, like I've been uh, we'll, clown. We'll let so anyone listen. Even if you just keep it to yourself and download it, it's okay, but... Yeah. All the sharing and rating and liking is wonderful. It helps. Yeah, no, we're following on Twitter. It. But we're we're happy to be your dirty little secret. We're happy to be your sideshow as opposed to a side hoe. Listen to Drew and Mike, and then we can be, you know, that little side piece that in those quiet moments when you're it's feeling vulnerable, you just uh you just dial us up and we're there. No one needs to know. Trying to take Alan Almond's place? <laughs> I was going to do that, but I can't quite get that low. I, I, I start to crack when I hit, like, low I C. I can't even understand him. He was so romantic. That was heavy. <laughs> there we go. Maybe you just didn't have the right music to talk over him. Yeah, you know, I was always more of an electrifying mojo guy than an Alan Almond guy. I don't know if you guys remember the mojo electrifying mojo. The electrifying mojo. Wait, listen to Alan's voice. Was he just talking? He was, yeah. He's working on getting sexy, Drew. Okay. Yeah, I, I usually hear a voice like that coming from the other stall, well, and I finish up and get out. Time to turn out the lights and say goodnight. Our producer tonight has been Lisa Martinico. Ooh. Our engineer tonight was Jerry Martin, as always, and I want you to stay tuned for After Hours with Dick Schaffron. Featuring the music of Journey. People get, <laughs> people get hard hearing the credits. Jeez. And once again, I'd like to take just a second to thank you very, very much for spending this time with me tonight. To thank you for being there when I need you. What does he need from us? For those of you in the lounge, you tell me Electric Mojo. Electric Probably. Mojo was better than this? Yes, Electrifying Mojo used to have a show called... Uh, Electric Mojo. Electrifying Mojo, yeah. <laughs> He would do um, he would do uh, Midnight Funk Association, and he had a great set of pipes, and he'd set up, and he'd, he'd it would start off. He'd say, you know, it's for, for lovers, whatnot. It's like uh, if you're in your car, you know, flash your lights. If you're if you're with somebody, blah blah. If you're in bed, I want you to dance on your back. You know, he was great, and he um, his show would always start with the mothership would land, and you'd hear air traffic controllers and pilots as the mothership is coming. And what's that? And he'd have a this whole build up to it's the it's the mothership landing. There he is. So there was Lovers Lane and the Midnight Funk Association, but it's intense. The members of the Midnight Funk Association. How many people were in the Midnight Funk Association? They had cards. They had cards. I Did think they? at the same time, Riff had the Riff card. Is it bigger than the Kiss Army? More lethal and less makeup. If you would like to become a member. The Midnight Funk Association. Stand up. That's all you have to do. Sure, sure. Solidarity. This is, he's got some rules too. Is he still electrifying? This is the electrification. I solemnly swear to acquiesce to the prerequisites for membership. You have to acquiesce. I don't know if this worked in the Me Too era with the acquiescing part. <laughs> well, it depends it's on consensual. what the prerequisite is, yeah. At midnight, will you stand? If you're standing near your porch light, will you turn it on Here for one hour to show solidarity with the MFA? 
water will you slurp on your back? If you're in water, will you splash? If you're riding or driving, caught out at midnight, will you flash your lights and honk your horn? Oh, he does have a lot of rules. Let everybody know that you are definitely down in this town. If you solemnly swear to acquiesce to the prerequisites for membership <laughs> yeah, we got that part. I do. the Midnight Funk Association, at this time, say I do. I do. I do. Mark, I didn't get an idea. Let it be known I'm so lost. Sean, you are now declared a member no. of the Midnight Funk <laughs> Association. Now who's got no soul? Now all you need it is gives the association ID. more credibility when people decline it once in a while. <laughs> it's not such a, you know. Send a letter. Join the crowd. Oh Lord! I just hear a program director going, "You could play a song within that time." Well, he would play for like six hours. He was all he bounced around a lot of Detroit FM stations. Was fantastic, but he was the first guy to really mix pop, metal, whatever with With hip hop and with soul. He would play. (laughs) He would play Prince, which you know, was counter programming to Pillow Talk. I think uh, the decision's been made. I think it's time to. Put a pin in this one, folks. Uh, thanks for listening to the Soul of Detroit. I am your host, ML Elric, uh, co-pilot here, Mark Fellhauer, occasional guest. Although, if audience reaction is as violent as I feel right now, maybe it's his first and only time. Sean Windsor of the Detroit Free Press and several watch lists, and of course, our master of uh, programming, Mister Andrew Lane. Thanks for having us on, boss. Sure, man. Kill it. Red Shovel Network. Be sure and be with us next week when... M-L-L-S. This time it was a wrestler on the skids, a quick-change artist in an alley, and a girl with an eye for angles. All met destruction because a hundred thousand easy bucks caught him in a stranglehold, which none of them wanted to break. <laughs>